Hey, everybody, this is Cam Clark, the voice of Leonardo and Rocksteady of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Check it out. everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And boy oh boy, we've got another one of those fantastic episodes mm-hmm. for you guys this Hell week. Yeah. We got the opportunity to talk with somebody who's provided so many, so many, so many different voices from <laughs> our childhood throughout pop culture and has done so much more past anything I'm going to list here. He was the voice of Freddy the Ferret in Back at the Barnyard. Jack, I don't know if you know this. He was Der Fleddermouse. Is that how you say it on the tick? Oh, Der Fleddermouse. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I recognize the voice now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Snoopy in Snoopy the Musical, He-Man and Prince Adam and He-Man and the Masters of the Universe 2002 series, Liquid Snake and Metal Gear Solid, but probably best known for being the voices of Rocksteady and Leonardo in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. We welcome actor, singer, and writer cam clark to the show this week and man what a fun conversation that was Absolutely. right guys oh, it was it was a i had such a great time i think we all did he was just so accommodating mm-hmm. and without even knowing it breeze right past our time stamp <laughs> yes, when we were supposed to stop without even knowing <laughs> but that's just how uh, a testament to how good the conversation was that's how candare do he was happy no, to accommodate yeah. so Big thank you to him, and I'm excited for you guys to hear our conversation. But before we get to it, we have to remind you guys to check us out on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, want to show some support, go to our website, CandairPodcast.com. There's a merch tab. You can get t-shirts, stickers, mugs. Hats. Hats, yes. I always forget about the hats. And there's also a little orange button on there that takes you to our Patreon page. Where for five to ten dollars a month, you can support us and get a ton of content in return. There are multiple catalogs on there just waiting to be devoured by you people. And if you don't have a way to uh, support us financially, just leave us a review in your podcast player of choice because that definitely helps too. Uh, Randy, what am I forgetting? Check us out on evergreenpodcast.com. See us, see all the other great shows, and yeah, love your support. Yeah, a lot of great shows on Evergreen. Probably can dare the best, but I'd like that one most. <laughs> That's my favorite on there. But <laughs> enough goofing around. Let's just kick right over to our conversation with Cam Clark. Cam, I want to thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. Our listeners know how big a turtle fans we are, especially a little bit. This guy over here, but um, <laughs> it's just truly an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank for being you here. for having me, guys. And it would seem that we uh, just missed you. I think you were just in Columbus, what, what less than a few weeks ago at the Fanboy yeah, Expo? Were, Last weekend. Where were you? I had prior, we all had prior engagements. Trust me, oh, we yeah. were talking okay. about getting I'm over sorry, there. Sorry, Cam. We had other, we had other, <laughs> we had other thing. And, and, you know, we all had a thing that we had. To yeah, like, I know. I, I, I guess thing. we don't have any excuse. But all the same, how was the weekend? How did it go? It was great. It was great. A um, lot of people attended. I'm not blowing smoke. It was uh, it was really good. Good lines. Um, and, uh, yeah, constant flow. 
I would have to imagine you guys keep pretty good lines. I mean, it's come on, it's the well, original it, turtles. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it can ebb and flow. You know, sometimes sure. there's an hour down, or you know, two, or or you know, they have a scheduled till you know six o'clock on Sunday. But the place that there's tumbleweeds, you know, everybody's already right, gone right. home, and so we usually tiptoe out don't tell my don't tell the promoters <laughs> your secret safe with us. <laughs> what i meant is i stayed on the bitter end <laughs> i sweep the floors wow that's dedication yeah. right there talk yeah. about some help that's guaranteed getting an invite back <laughs> yeah <laughs> well once again thank you for being here and uh you know we typically always start these conversations ask uh, asking actors you know how you got into the business but you have always been in the business your father was actor robert clark your mom alice king of the king sisters someone's done their homework yes and your whole family on uh the king family show on abc can you tell us a little bit about the show and uh too just what it's like to be a child (laughs) uh, especially at that age growing up in the tv industry wow well it was (laughs) try real life after that um you know, considering you hit the height of your career at the age of eight, you know, it's all downhill from there. Yeah. uh, Mom was a famous singer and we kids would go wherever they went in this, if we weren't in school or whatever. Um, And my aunt Yvonne, my mom's sister, Mm -hmm. uh, the King, she had been asked to do a fundraiser for her church up there. And they asked if she could get the King sisters to, uh, you know, put on a benefit performance for a, a building fund. And she got this wacky idea to, why don't we bring the kids with us and do kind of a family show? I mean, my older siblings were already, because uh, I was like six years old when we started. So I've been doing this wow. more than six years. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sorry, if I'm sniffling, it's not cocaine. It's I've been working out in the yard. Oh, I no wish problem. it were a little cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Make for an interesting interview, yeah, would Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, what, sure, what, sure, what? That was um, coked up Cam. <laughs> coked up Cam. Saturdays at eight. Um, don't touch that dial. Coked up Cam. Tuesdays this fall. Uh, so my the older siblings were already the go-to kids in Hollywood for doing uh, any background singing like um on the movie bye bye birdie they you know oh, wow. were all the high school kids in that or uh frank sinatra's high hopes they were the kids on that or doris day k sarah sarah um wow so they were already you know doing it but you know in the studio behind the mic is <laughs> when i was talking because as and we will touch on this later i'm writing the memoir of uh 100 years of entertainment from one man's family from vaudeville, oh, wow. from vaudeville through ninja through ninja turtles so um she brought the the kids came along and she we just put on this show and it went really well so her, her sister donna did it down here in la and then they decided then the i was raised mormon so it's a big you know crazy mormon clan and then BYU, Brigham Young University, asked us to do it uh, at their school. And we taped it, you know, just the, 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 the college film department. It's 1963, and, you know, they're there with you know, wow. hand-crank cameras. <laughs> eight, eight, did I say 19? I meant 1863. Oh, okay. <laughs> and 
so she <clears throat> took this raw footage and she knew a guy who knew a guy. I mean, she was already in the business, right? And mm -hmm. successfully so. And they showed it to some of the suits at ABC. And they were like, wait, this is a real family. This isn't casting. There's really 40 of you. And she went, yeah. And they went, how soon can we get a pilot of this? And so we whipped together a pilot, uh, a summer special uh, in 1964. Fan mail, what, like, got like, I think 60,000, I, I can't remember. Uh, so much fan mail that they pushed to get us on the air in January with our uh, own weekly show. Rest is history. So it was just kind of this accident, you know, she, on a whim, she went, let's bring the kids on. Sure. And it really hit a chord with, you know, um, mid-century America, you know, we were just like apple pie and American flag and all that. Right. Yeah. And I was going to ask, you know, whenever, uh, like on YouTube, I've seen intros to the show or just shots on the internet. I was going to ask, are there really that many people in your family? But truly there are. You said uh, 40? In the original, <clears throat> well, mom is one of eight siblings. Okay. Um, so it was these eight kids plus their children. So you have eight sets of parents, that's 16 just for starters. Grandpa, who was like 78, this white hair, you know, look like God. <laughs> and, and, you know, 50 million, we had a set of teenagers and I was one of, I was like uh, the oldest of the little kids. There were six, seven of us and about 16 teenagers. And so it just, you know, there was something for everyone. <laughs> I guess. Geez, I can't imagine having that big of a family. I can't yeah. either. It was it was pretty wild, you know, um, just touring around, you know, and again, I'm I'm deep in the throes of this book I'm writing, which is going to be like a a coffee table book kind of a thing, as opposed to just a you know, a biography and print paper, because our career is so visual. Okay. Mm. Um and we have and and again. And I'm constructing it in a fashion, a very successful uh, biographer <clears throat> named George Plimpton. I read a book he did on Truman Capote. And he said, oh, this wow. isn't going to be your normal uh, biography. I'm not in it. He constructed it uh, with the interviews he did and I guess other archival interviews. The whole thing is, it's, it's like, he said, imagine you're at a cocktail party and you're wandering in and out of conversations. So he has taken all these people who knew Truman and arranged them chronologically, and they just speak in first person. So my book is first person. I've taken my mother's memoirs, all the King sisters, my dad's from his 1950s, you know, campy science fiction movies, and I've woven them in first person. So it's a hundred years of memories and photography, all in first person. So I never, you know, I don't go... I don't say back in 1927, the family, it's like, right. It's, so it's yeah. I was seven years old. It was 1932 and blah, blah, blah happened. So the whole thing will be for a hundred years of first person. That's awesome. That will be yeah, very right? I'm cool. really, I'm really excited about it. And I hope that, you know, the fans that are listening to this, cause my story will be in this. I mean, it, the whole, you know, the story of how my voiceover career happened, you know, from the very beginning through Turtles and beyond. So 
hopefully there'll be something for everybody within the one book. And it's going to be, like I said, a coffee table book. So it's going to be eye candy, lots of that kind of stuff. I cannot wait to read that. And I, we're going to have to talk about that. You mean more. buy it. What's that? You mean buy it. Oh, yeah. Wait to <laughs> well, buy of course. It. That's, how, that's how you read it. I don't, I don't get anything for free in this life. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, very cool. I can't so that's wait. my shameless pitch. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll get another chance to talk about it before we're done, I promise you. Unless, unless that's all we can know about it. I don't want to keep prodding you about go, it. Go, go, go for it. All right. Well, before we get there, let's, let's touch on the world of voiceover for you. How did you transition into voiceover? Uh, quite accidentally, I was working after the King family. I started uh, booking things on my own, did a you know, couple of pilots and stuff. And then I went on a mission for the Mormon church. One of those, you know, one of those fellas, Book of Mormon boys. And uh, I came home from that. I was in Argentina for two years. Wow. And I couldn't get arrested. I, my agent who had said, yeah, don't worry. And when you come back, you know, we're here for you. The door's always open. It's like, you know, Hello. Hey, open the door. That's always open. It said the door is unlocked, but it, but it's not. And, you know, couldn't get to return my call and I couldn't get arrested. I mean, I got agents, no problem. And they were always just flabbergasted that I wasn't, Hey, he didn't get in to read on that blah, 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 blah. Or, oh, come on. You know, I had no trouble getting an agent, but they couldn't get me an interview for a job. Just, Hmm. Mm. Don't know what to, I don't know. Um, my brother was an associate producer at Warner Brothers in post-production. And he was doing this thing I'd never heard of. And maybe you guys have had these kind of people on your show. Uh, looping? Yes. Uh, is that where, I? maybe I'm incorrect about this. Is this where you go in and like add the sound effects? Uh, add the vocal sound effects. Right. Not like, not like footsteps or, you know, Ice but like grunts and break. stuff. We do fight grunts. We do murder, you know, zombies. Uh, the white zone is for immediate loading and unloading of passengers. Only. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> or, you know, when the scene takes place in a bar and the TV is on in the background, they may have purchased the picture, but it's like a zillion dollars more to get the sound. So right. we have actors who watch it and do play by play you know, or, or say the audio has sports name, you know, uh, athletes, we don't have clearance for their names, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we make stuff up. And again, you know, the <laughs> zombie stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> also in a hotel room, we'll do Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and canceled uh, no we really do you know there'll be some you know sketchy motel and you hear porn, you know some funny scene where you hear the you know the the porn coming through the yeah. principal actors going oh my god i can't get any sleep you know and pound on the wall turn that off or whatever so any kind of secondary uh human stuff even okay. you know applause or whatever in a scene like say we're at the four of us are at a restaurant we have our master shot and then we do your close-up and your close-up there's going to be a bump in sound all of the extras they're just <laughs> right they're not talking they're not talking 
we lay that in because if I cut from our master shot to this, you know, the two shot over here and the reverse over here, it the sound would bump. Right. So all that crowd stuff, be it a football game or a wedding or a rave or, you know, whatever. Uh, so I started doing this and it, um, I met on one of these jobs. My name started, you know, going around and uh, somebody hired somebody hired me for something outside of my brother's show. Uh, yeah, the show that he worked on was uh, at this point was a show called Enos. No, Enos. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a spinoff of Dukes of Hazard. Oh, okay. It, it sounds so familiar. It didn't. It. I think it was like one season or half a season. It, 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 it did not have legs. Anyway, I started doing some work over at Columbia and there was a woman hired on this job who took a shine to me, she and her husband. And they said, have you ever, like, you're kind of good at this, but have you ever thought about doing voiceovers for like, you know, more than just the loopy thing? And I was like, <laughs> no, thank you, sweetheart, but I'm going to be a movie star. <laughs> and uh, this woman's name was Linda Gary and she was the it she was in the 70s she was the tress mcneil you know she was like before tress mcneil there was linda gary and um she and her husband just took me under their wings set me up with a coach um then got an agent and it was just like okay thanks i mean it was just it just was like it just fell into my lap and the because but because these I don't think I would have even thought that it just didn't cross my mind. You know, you guys grew up where you're aware of voiceovers. Right. Sure. And my, my generation, you know, nobody cared who voiced Bullwinkle or, you know, Archie or whatever. It just, it just, it's a cartoon, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's such a different world when I got into the, the business of, of cartoons and stuff, had no idea what you, children what you babies were into <laughs> yeah. um and so i just never looked back and it was just but but it was because of her i don't know what would have happened if i hadn't met her if i would have because it was it was a it was an inside you know inside track right that's incredible. I can tell you what would have happened. We would have had a, a really strange sounding Leonardo. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> well, I wanted to uh, touch on a few of the voices you have provided, unless you guys had anything first before we moved on. Um, first of which being uh, Snoopy in 1988, Snoopy the Musical. You've uh, done your homework. I have. I always do. I always try to anyway. I'd heard you say that, you know, you grew up a huge Peanuts fan and how incredible this was. And I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I was going to say I grew up with Peanuts, too, but I guess we all did, didn't we? Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not exclusive. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, how uh, cool it is to, uh, you know, having voiced Snoopy. Now, correct me if I'm wrong about this, but, you know, obviously other voice actors have given Snoopy a voice, but typically it's just kind of a or like a reaction pretty, noise pretty much falling, um, falling um, over or something. But you give him an actual voice. Yeah, they a call went out for uh, a lot of you folks have heard of uh, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, the musical. Yes. Um, 
pretend, pretend, nod, nod, pretend you don't, you do. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was another musical called Snoopy, the musical, and they wanted to uh, animate it. And so a call went out and I was like, I have so got to land this job because this is my childhood. And just like when, you know, fans will come up to my table at one of these conventions and, you know, say, oh man, I had the backpack and the thing and the thing, the lunchbox and the blah, 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 blah. Well, that was my growing up with Charles Schultz. And all those little kids, those little kids were my best friends, you know, Uh, Charlie Brown and Sally and Lucy and all the whole gang. And um, just the the thought of doing this was like what would be a a full circle dream come true, especially because I would by this point, I'm too old to be a replacement kid, obviously, for Linus or whatever. And Snoopy doesn't talk. Well, this time he did. And then right. they put out a uh, doll like Teddy Ruxpin. Okay. Uh, a Snoopy. And he talked and he had a cassette in his back and really? his mouth would move. You'd put a cassette and he had these little books and he would read to the kids. And then there was a musical series called um, something like This Is America, Charlie Brown, something like, like that. And so it had a song every week. And so I got to do that series as well. The best part was getting to work with the producer, um, Lee, um, oh my God, Lee, um, help me. Oh shit, I don't know. <laughs> no, not, not Bill Melendez, Mendelssohn, Mendelssohn, because he had created, you know, the show. And one thing that was terrific was if you guys are, you know, familiar with like Great Pumpkin or uh, oh, Child yeah. on Christmas, there's a lilt to the child actors, they're like, Thank you, Charlie Brown. You've been a perfect model. If we cut the eyes like this and the mouth, I've got, it's like Rocky Horror. I have great pumpkin. (laughs) (laughs) And they all do their lines like this. Halloween is over and I missed it. I want restitution. You know, Baba Jupa Jupa Yeah. Well, the producer would literally stand this close to the kids and give them line readings. And he's not an actor. So a grown-up, so he's this man going, thank you, Charlie Brown, you've been a perfect model. Now, if an adult had said that, he'd go, get the hook, right? Right. But it accidentally added a signature sound, to me as a voice person, a signature sound to the dialogue, a musicality. And it was the first time kids were used to play kids. It wasn't June Foray and... Wasn't anybody doing their, you know, this kind of kid thing? Um, they were real kids. I did my, not know my that. My one regret from it is uh, Charles Schultz was not hands-on at this point on the project. Why I didn't take advantage of that window to arrange oh, a meeting with my mm-hmm. idol, um, I kicked myself. And, you know, I'm 25 years old or whatever, and, you know, everybody's going to live forever, and right. nobody dies. And, you know, it just... it. <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't pursue it, but I didn't, and I kick myself. But still, I got to work with that production company, and it was a dream come true. I am sure it was. How cool! That is, that's such a cool story. I've never. Uh, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to some of those uh, original recordings. I never knew it was actually children. That's incredible. I don't know if I knew. I didn't not think they were. I think. 
Just because it's the, just something I typically never give much thought to because you're wrapped up in it. But you, damn. And then the new one. Wow. The nuance that brings mm -hmm. that makes what Cam Clark is today. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah. 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 We're going to take a quick break to jump to commercial. But when we come back more with Cam, stick around. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. So, uh, okay, let's jump over to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, the 2002 yes. series. Oh, wow. Do it one more time. Well, first, yeah, they wanted to get, you know, Prince Adam and He-Man out of the same actor. And uh, I guess in uh, the other incarnations, they had two different actors. I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed to say I don't, I don't, I don't know. But so the audition went out. They wanted somebody. So it was, um, I played both parts and it was, what does he say? By the power of, what is it? By the, by the power, power of Grayskull. Yeah. Power. So Adam <laughs> says, by the power of Grayskull, I have the power. Ooh, and nice. I need to slot from one, you know, smoothly from one voice as the body, you know, changes. As he goes through puberty every episode. <laughs> every time, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be hard on him. That poor guy. <laughs> Were there any nerves for you taking the reins to this character? Because this was the first series, if I'm not mistaken, that came after the original. So, mm -hmm. you know, I would imagine for the person who voiced Leonardo for the first time after you did it, was probably nervous. Like, I hope I can deliver on fan expectations of what Cam has set up with this character. Was there anything like that when it came to... You're so cute. You're so sweet when you say things like that. <laughs> not trying to be. You don't. You honestly don't think that's happening out there? Come on. Um, I I don't know if the guys who like did the first movie. Because uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you this again. I'm not a fan of the genre. I mean, I loved watching cartoons as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, as a young adult. I went to all the animation festivals. Uh, Spike and I, do they still have them? Is it Spike and Mike? I can, anyway, these uh, animation festivals, you know, and the lines were around the block of, of animation geeks. But it was more into, it, it was about the finished product. It was about, you know, like uh, Creature Comforts, Will Vinton's Creature Comforts, you know, that claymation, amazing claymation mm -hmm. stuff that, that he, Re and reinvented after Gumby, you know, took it to a whole new, new, new level. But it, 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 what this world was, it was a job. It was a job. So it didn't cross my mind that I was following in somebody's footsteps. It was sure. Like, okay, they're changing guard. And um, yeah, I'm auditioning for the next one. You know, I, I was in a short lived uh, reboot of Felix the Cat playing. Oh, nice. Uh, playing Poindexter. And that was a hoot for me because I would run home from school to watch that, you know, after, uh, you know, after school, I'd run home to watch Felix the Cat. Right. Um, but there was no like, oh my gosh, someone has already done this and can I live up to it? It was a, a great job doing a cartoon and I booked it and yay for sure. me. 
Yeah, you did um, a great job. Well, thank you. Thanks. Um, however, subsequently, as the younger kids have moved into doing this, they do come from the your world where voices, I guess you could say voices to your generation who want to do this, it's like being a movie star. Whereas mm -hmm, yeah. most of the people that I know that do voiceovers in my generation stepped in it back, you know, backed into it, you know, slipped on a banana peel and fell into voiceovers. It was not, it's not a thing you aspired to. It was like a thing you discovered on your way to somewhere else. And you went, well, I'm just going to hang out here, you know, let the bus go without me. I'm going to stay here. I, I have met subsequent actors, uh, voice actors, you know, much younger than, than I, who were like, you're a legend. You're, yeah. you're, I met, and when I first met, again, I'm horrible with names. <laughs> that makes four he's of us. Like, yeah. He's like the biggest game voice. Give me some names of the biggest. All I can think younger of than, is... Younger than I. Maybe, I don't know how old y'all are, but... Um, I'm thinking of Charles Martin, Martinet from Mario. That's all that's coming to mind. That's yeah, well, I, really... Maybe it's, maybe it's just as well that I don't remember his name, but I saw him in the lobby at an audition and he says you're you're cam clark right and i went yeah yeah i am and he goes oh my god i it's such an honor to meet you um you know i just hope that one day i can have the career that you had oh, oh. <laughs> what the hell <laughs> so you're done and I, and, I, and I went check my pulse you know and, <laughs> um, i went i kind of think i'm sure i'll kind of hear yeah. And of course he was mortified, you know, it was like, no, I didn't mean that. I meant what I meant was, you know, blah, blah, blah. but you know, it was too late. It was, at like, that point. It, was, yeah. it was like, it was like all about Eve, you know, it was just like, well, I can, I was just trying on your voice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, let's um, jump over to Leonardo and Rocksteady then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, bravo, by the way, thank you for being such a big part of our childhood. <laughs> and the turtles, if you could see what's off screen here, you would see the turtles are still very much a big part of my life. Yay. But um, one question I try to ask uh, all of you people who did voices on that show is what was the first impression of the turtles when you were given the script mm. or the the description of the show four upright humanoid turtles that are fighting an outer space brain in a ninja samurai <laughs> it's an audition like all the rest you know I'm, I'm working a cartoon so what's so weird about it nothing and everything it's like okay these are you know turtles who are now kung fu fighters okay you know does it pay um right sorry, sorry if i'm busting anybody's fantasy bubbles about uh, things but you know, things that I thought were really cool didn't catch on and things that are goofy. I went, oh, well, obviously I don't know what works, you sure. know, but it was, you know, you got to, you, you got to remember. And it was such a golden era to be, I've been a part of this 1980s, 1990s to early 2000s. Yeah. There were these many of us in the business that did most of the work. So it was, I don't want to say it was a factory, but if you've ever seen any, if any of you are done your, you know, your film history, silent movies used to, they'd be like, they'd like be curtains. You right. Know? And if I've even seen footage, like literally old vintage footage where this camera dollies across all these vignettes, 
And because they're silent, you know, in, in, in this little stall, they're doing a Western. And over here, they're doing a scary picture. And over here, they're doing a love scene. And there's cameras going, you know, in each of these things. And they're cranking them out. It's a factory. Mm -hmm. um, you know, every day I was auditioning for this or that or the other. And I booked this one and I didn't book that one. And I got the job for this and not for that. So nothing sounded weird. Nothing hmm. sounded outlandish or, well, this is never going to go. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think that far through it. It was like, Oh, Oh, fun. Okay. Let's try that. You know, it's almost like you're playing improvisation games and you go, okay, camp, you are an elephant with an umbrella <laughs> on one roller skate, um, you know, with a cucumber up his nose. And it's like, okay, <laughs> All right. Um, let me see. Let me give me a second. Give me a second. You know, it's just like that. It just just comes out. Just happens. It's just what I did. It's you know. It's what you do, not did. Remember? Yes, did. yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but also, and perhaps some, even the guys in my generation would speak of it differently. But remember, I've been a successful performer since I was six. Mm -hmm. So this, I just went from. I mean, even though I said earlier that I I couldn't get arrested. Right. You know, this, the voiceover thing came like within mm, a year and a half of my being home from Argentina. And so it's not like I was, you know, out on the street sleeping, you know, with my, or having my last cup of coffee going, I have to move back to Nebraska. I'm throwing in the towel. So it was just the next thing. Right. You know, and even we kids in the King family and my, my family, we, as we're writing this book and because I'm not just doing, I'm not the only one writing, I've asked the other family members my cousins to also submit stuff. So it's multiple authors, multiple authors. And the common thread is we took so much for granted because it's what we did. Right. You know, we were kids and our moms were famous. And, you know, I, I, Liza Minnelli, I heard an interview where she says, well, to me, she was just mama. And so it's like, if Liza Minnelli can think of Judy Garland as just mama, um, I'm not out of line to go. They were just my moms. I mean, right. right. And likewise, I went from one television show to the next television show and that's not working out anymore, but Hey, here's this thing called voiceovers and Oh, that's working out. And so just, you know, you know, just galloping through. Right. And yet still in those early days, like I said, I didn't take advantage to meet Charles Schultz. Also, it was all in a day's work. And, but when you're, when you're 25 or whatever, and if you are indeed successful, there's not, at least for me, there wasn't a, I can't believe I'm doing this cartoon show. That's how I would be. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's what I do. It's what, yeah. I, it's what I've done since I was six. So it's just business as usual. More. There's just more. So would it be uh, fair to say that was the same kind of reaction than when the turtles blew up, like turtle mania took the world by storm? Was it, you know, I mean, those, those turtles are like cartoon beetles. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. were, were you still in that same kind of mindset or how yes. was that for you? There was no, I can't believe we're, you know, yeah. but also remember we're voiceover. So there's no recognition Right. Uh, it's not like you walk on the street and some, you know, people are snapping your picture or whatever. 
And for me, and again, I'd started in looping, remember? So I'm just hoping the show that I'm on gets picked up for another season. Right. Uh, one of the first shows, and I contract the loop. Oh, I shouldn't say that because I don't want anybody to reach out to me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I did like for a couple of my first shows that I did were Touched by an Angel and Oh, wow. Wow. And Walker, Texas Ranger, which oh boy, shit! Now you, now you uh -oh. got me. Really? The oh, original? I'm a, yeah, yeah, I'm a fan. Um, but you see, I, uh, <laughs> well, anytime they roll down the stairs having one of those cowboy fights, <clears throat> that's Cam. That's Cam. Oh. <laughs> and oh, I and to digress, I'm doing some transfers for my book. This is going to pop. Sorry, y'all. It's going to pop up through all the whole interview. That's fine. That's fine. Please, yeah. please. Guy at 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 PhotoCam where I'm doing some transfers from. I've got some footage that I want to do some screen grabs for the you know blah blah blah. He was an extra because uh, he said so. What did you do before this? Uh, he happened to have a line in an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, and he said, "But it didn't sound like me." I said, "Can you pull it up?" Because he apparently, I mean, he had said he has it or he has a he has the clip, watched it once and got the clip of himself being right. the guard in jail. You know, he was the jail guard guy. And I can't remember what he says, but like, yeah, you want to call to your lawyer, you better wait. You know, whatever. It's something just innocuous. And I went, play it again. Play it one more time. Yeah, that would be me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so... Before you know, uh, runaway production, um, people and people started doing films or TV shows on location. They do local talent, and more often than not, they they weren't very good. And so much of my work was improving on performances, voice replacement. I see. And. Um, you stole people's thunder. No. <laughs> or, or they, yeah, no, trust me. They got grandma and all the neighborhood kids, you know, pulling in and sitting by the TV to watch their, you know, their one scene where they have three lines and they yeah. either, they're, they're either going, that's not me. Or they're going, damn, I sound good. Yeah, well, <laughs> I sound so much different on microphone. I sound good on microphone. Um, so uh, I don't know where we got on that tangent. What was your, what was the question? Uh, uh, that just stemmed off asking if uh, you were having a similar reaction, like business as usual, oh, oh, to sorry. the turtle yeah, yeah, phenomenon. Yeah. So I'm on two hit show. I'm on Touched by an Angel, Walker, Texas Ranger, and uh, I'm just hoping we get picked up for next season. It's not. I'm not on camera. I'm not the star of a TV show. And I'd be lying if I said that even though I was playing the lead in these cartoons, that it still kind of felt like. Not background, but um, I'm not on camera. I'm not right. with an audience. I'm not on stage. Uh, and I just hoped, oh, it's doing well. The Turtles is doing well. Oh, we're gonna get a good pickup. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna be stripped. Do five shows a week. Awesome. I can pay my mortgage. Great. Am I, am I just bursting everybody's bubbles? No, today? no, not, not at, at all. all. Not at all. Put it out there like that. Um, <laughs> so I was just glad when a show got a pickup. Sure. There, uh, sure. There were shows that I had more fun doing than others. And I was like, oh, we got a can. Oh, okay. Bummer. But um, I loved, I've loved what I do. And I've worked with some really fun people, but it's never been heady. Is that right? 
Makes sense. Makes perfect yeah. sense. Like you said, especially someone like you who's been in the business since as long as you can remember. I mean, it makes total sense. Yeah. I remember one time in this old chestnut, you know, there's only there's only so many old stories. And there's only so many ways I can spin the same story. Um, <laughs> after knowing it was, you know, a success, I was at the movies and saw this little kid. You probably heard this one, little kid with his turtle hat and turtle doll and t-shirt, whatever, whatever. And he's got an ice cream. And I'm thinking, I say to my friends, hang on a sec, guys, go ahead. I'm gonna give this kid a thrill. And I go up to him and I go, hey, and I lean down, you know, hey, so uh, you're a Ninja Turtle fan? And he's like, yeah, he's licking his ice cream. And I said, well, guess what? He goes, yeah, what? He goes, I said, I'm Leonardo. And he goes, uh-huh, <laughs> and I'm Donatello. Well, <laughs> and i'm stuck there leaning down and his parents are probably going who's the perv get away yeah. from my kid, you know who's get trying to steal my, my kid's ice cream <laughs> you know and i went oh 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 okay yeah duh this isn't cam this is right. leonardo um and when it did start to get successful and again i just keep harkening harking harkening back to i've already done the fame thing i've been doing the famous thing right since I was a kid. So that's not new. Um, sure. But people would tr want to show me off to their kids, like when you guys were little, and I would go, they're not going to get it. Yeah. It's just going to freak them out. Do you have two lines to your phone lines in your house? Let me call them from the office line. <laughs> and that they can get. So right. I said, look, 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 leave your kids, you know, let them, ah. when's their birthday? I'll give them a birthday call. And that works. That sure. Works. Yeah. But to go, hi, little Susie, I'm Leonardo. It's like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That reminds me of, uh, remember when Larry Kenny was on the show? Mm -hmm. He had told a story about going to a Toys R Us yep. to find uh, the yeah, Lionel yeah, figure. Yeah. And there were a few kids standing there. And he said, you know, I'm Lionel. And they're like, you don't sound anything like <laughs> Lionel. Like, just tore him down to his last thread. <laughs> Yep, yep. Um, one more uh, quick turtle question for you here before we move on. Uh, we had uh, Townsend Coleman on, when was that? It's been three, four years Long ago. Long time ago. And yeah. one of the point of conversation was the He audition. was younger then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of the point of conversation was uh, the audition process for turtles. And um, I know that you and Townsend were both auditioning for both Michelangelo and Leo. We all auditioned for all the parts. Oh, you did? Yeah, I mean, I didn't it's, know, I didn't you know, these that. are four yeah. teenagers, so, and go. This one's a brain, this one's a wisecracker, you know, this one's a hero, and this one's a surfer, you know, so it's, and go. Well, I was going to uh, ask, Townsend did a, he did his Leonardo for us. What yeah. did he say, do you remember? We've got to do something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there a That's way? my line. <laughs> <laughs> we go to the conventions and, and you know, people inevitably say, what's your favorite line? You know, and Donatello, everybody says whatever the thing is. And for some reason, this becomes a giggle fest for the four of us because of the history of how I am Leonardo, which maybe I should share that first. Okay. As Townie probably said, 
they literally tossed a coin between Leonardo and Michelangelo. He told you wow. that, yeah? I, Did you, I, I don't remember, I don't that. remember yeah. that detail, yeah. no. Yeah. They, they knew Rob was to be this and Barry was to be that. And we knew we wanted Townie and Cam, but it's just, uh, so let's just flip a coin. And then after the first, first run through, we'll switch and see who we like. So fruit, tails, ah, fuck, heads. So Townie's Michelangelo and I'm Leonardo. We do the first, you know, read. And, we, and I'm like, because I wanted to be Michelangelo. Leonardo, boring. He's a <laughs> leader. <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, okay, we're going to switch now and try. The, and they're like, no, we're good. We're good. They're fine. Okay, everybody at the back. I go, no, 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 we're supposed to switch. We're supposed to switch. <laughs> boys. Yeah, we're good. We're just going to leave. And it was literally almost like parent, you know, you're tugging on your dad's shirt going, dad. They're going, honey, honey, no, we're good. We're fine. We're fine here. We're fine here. Right. And it was almost like it was just cross off the list. No, this this will do. This is almost as if we're interchangeable, which it's a compliment, you know, I mean, we kind of sort of are, you know, whatever. And I was just so disappointed to be Leo because he's the straight man, pardon the expression. <laughs> and early on, I was so jealous of all these three other monkeys doing loop-de-loops around me and being their goofy selves that I started to try and do more of a uh, lampoon on superhero since he was the straight, you know, since he was the, we got to think of something fast. Um, wow. You know, really? And so that's, that's the giggle fest is that I didn't want to be be Leonardo. So whenever I were at conventions, the boys start to giggle because I know that question is coming. <laughs> and, uh, and think, yeah, Leonardo what was your favorite line. I don't, we got to think of something fast <laughs> <laughs> because I, and I, so I started trying to make him give him more bravado and stuff. And the director on a break calls me out in the hall and goes, what are you doing? I went, well, I'm just, you know, making Leo kind of like zany like the others. And she goes, well, don't. I went, well, yeah, if you don't, no, wow. he's the leader. Okay. Just mm. be the leader. So I had to change the mindset to go, okay, I'm a straight man. And that's, Okay, be the earnest guy, you know, just find your pace, find, find your center and let that go. Right. I mean, I did two other series where I got to use my surf for my, my Michelangelo voice. So it's not like that voice hasn't been, my doing surfer wasn't employed by me in other, other shows. I uh, played two characters on one of my first show was Denver, the last dinosaur. Oh, oh shit. I remember that show. And I played, uh, shades who is a surfer dude, you know, who's just like this Denver. What's your problem? And then I also played more. No, no, I'm sorry. Shades. Shades is the Latino kid. I played that, you know, East LA guy. This is before you had to like be politically correct and all that, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So I did this guy and I also did this guy. And I, got, I just kind of figured Michelangelo was rightfully mine because guess who's a local here? Guess who's a surf kid? <laughs> guess who's from the valley? Right. Me, not you corn boy from <laughs> Ohio. Not, not the Jewish kid from New York or wherever Barry's from or Rob, who's like from Chicago or where, you know, I don't even know. They're these Midwest, you know, farm <laughs> land people. I mean, because 
we were talking like this already, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we were doing it before. We're like, school. you know, we're ground zero. So, <laughs> you know, it's like I, because I, I was employing this voice long before anybody else was doing it, because it's like the kids sitting next to me in school were ground zero, you know. <laughs> and and then I also used it in a very short two seasons, I think it was, an animated version of the atta uh, attack of the killer tomatoes. Oh yeah. yes, and liars. No, that. not at all. We <laughs> definitely remember it that show. It comes up at least, what, like once every 50 episodes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it comes up quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Not well, lying. Igor, they made him a surf dude. Right. So, yes, master, you know, whatever that was, you know. Sorry, master. Man, so that's that's a taste <laughs> of what your Mikey would have sounded like right there, possibly. Yeah. So my Mikey would have, you know, he'd been here. So it's pretty much kind of the same thing, but, it, but the, the timber's a little lighter. Mm -hmm. No, because Tony's kind of, you know, down here. And mine was kind of giving more, you know, like right up here, kind of thing, you know, which is, which is what I did for Shades uh, right. or Mario, whichever, whichever it was. It's more um, of a free spirit surfer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a little more it. hippie. Maybe it's a little more hippy dippy, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. Been a little more airy fairy. <laughs> we should have gotten Rob to read some Donatello lines when he was on. I, yeah, I don't really. know why I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. How cool, though. Tony and I were already friends. We had met as, did he tell you where we met? No. Mm -mm. We were contestants on Super Password Game Show. We met in the talent pool um, beyond the show. And we just were like, what? And we just hit it off. And from that day before, he says we met before that at an audition. I don't, I don't recall, because I don't remember first impressions. <laughs> um, and, but we became friends and I don't, it wasn't even about work. It was like, we met on, and we both failed miserably on this game show. I think we both, we're given parting gifts of a Mr. Coffee Maker and a, <laughs> hey, a year supply days, of pantyhose or something. That was very valuable back in the day, Mr. Coffee yeah. Machine, right? Yeah. We're going to take a quick break to jump to commercial, but when we come back, more with Cam. Stick around. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. So having done so many voice, uh, so much voice work for American animation, video games, as well as dubbing uh, Japanese anime, is there one medium that you find is harder than the other that you're more comfortable in or? Um, well, dubbing, you know, is a craft and it's not easy. It's a, it's a, it's an, it's a craft and it requires craftsmen. Sure. You know, um, it's a whole different animal and it pays the worst and should pay the most because it's hard. It's hard. Well, especially nowadays, dubbing is so easy. And also they can stretch and that, you know, the computer can take care of, care of myriad of problems. Um, but when we started, 
you like a gecko, you had to be able to separate your eyeballs because <laughs> one eye is watching the lips in Robotech mm-hmm. and one eye is watching the count the 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 counter, you know, with the seconds, the right, mm-hmm. the what am I saying? What am I trying to say? The uh, the, 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 time, clock, the time code, yeah. the time code to know that it's one hour, 13 minutes, and 22 seconds. You know, it's down to a tenth of seconds that you're supposed to come in. And now there's a what they call a ribbon or a band that runs across the bottom of the screen, and there's a line. And when the word crosses it, which is like either in a some kind of typeface. When it crosses, that's when you speak. Wow, so, that would be difficult. Yeah. It's like totally, totally different. Band. It's totally different, you know. Wow. And back because we also started with tape, you know, reel to reel. You know, you do auditions and jobs where it's like, oh man, you know, get the razor blade out and you know, that tape, kind of tape, thing. yeah, tape the tape together in different spots. Cuts. Yeah, you couldn't. Wow. You you literally we would talk about razor room. Um, do you have razor room, which is expression? I think, I mean, I still use it. Um, I think old guard still uses it, meaning they would literally, if they needed to shave off, you know, whatever 10th of a second in the commercial or something, there is a razor room in there and they'd go take their razor and they go, yes. And they cut out that little pace because I wow. took a breath, but it was literally done with razor blades. That is incredible. Every audition was done with razor blades and you know wow i had also read that you uh had a lot of coaching from michael bell early on he was one of my first coaches and he was terrific because he was a, a no bullshit guy sure um he would say say so if what you're doing was not what he thought was right you know uh, which is one reason why i don't i've been asked many times to coach and i have a couple of times been a guest you know lecture thing I do not have the patience for people who shouldn't be in the business. Mm. You know, my friends say I do a really good Donald Duck. So <laughs> good for, you know, <laughs> Lord in heaven. Help me, mother. <laughs> and, and I just could care less about you wanting to do it. I, I really don't, I really don't care if you're good, man, I'm all over you. You know, it's Hollywood. Right. Most of these kids, most are, are grown ups who I'm. My kids are grown, and I'm going to now, you know, you know, do voiceovers. They're, you know, but Michael Bell, I, he'd give us an audition, and you know, piece of you know thing to rehearse with, and I'd do it, and he'd stand there and like have his hand on my shoulder, like standing right there, and I, you know, burp, 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 and he'd go, nope, do it again. So this is a nope, nope. You know, just it was sure. like that, which is how I would do it. Right. And the couple of times that I have, I say that up front, but I, I still um, try to be nice, which is so not like me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm also not the guy who's going to go, okay, um, uh, good. Yeah, that's great. Um, how about that? No, I will go. Um, I don't think that's a fit for you. Yeah. Which is how it should be. Because Why if I don't tell you. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, people want people's money. And, yeah. you know, well, then don't call me because, you know, I'm not, I'm not your guy. I would love if there was such thing as master classes or something. But then again, uh, there are classes where they bump people up to, quote, master level. And you're going, seriously? Seriously? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's just you, you got 
four extra seats in this class. And, you know, I'm not saying everybody's like that. So if anybody's listening to this who teaches, that's, I'm not talking about everybody. <laughs> um, but I'm just, I'm old and cranky. And again, I've been doing it since I was six. Right. So um, did I mention I've been doing this since I was six? Have I said that? I think I brought it up before you did, <laughs> yeah. actually. <laughs> well, I was. And part of that article that I was reading about Michael Bell teaching you, he had said that, uh, you know, never commit to a, a voice role that you can't sustain. So yes. I was just curious if you had ever turned down a part that you really wanted because you couldn't sustain a voice. Uh, no, no, because I did not, would not have auditioned with okay. it. You know, if there's a certain growly thing, um, I'm not going to, I don't even, I don't even want the conversation. So, yeah. and I don't, and I've been blessed, fortunate, whatever word you want to use enough that I don't need to be desperate if sure. I'm not, if I don't think I'm right. And again, with this group that we used to be, there was this brotherhood, sisterhood thing where it was like, Hey, Cam, there's this thing I read on it and I, it just wasn't me, but you need to, if, did you read on it yet? Because you, I thought, I thought of you and you know, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. and so we kind of, you know, looked out there was a, cause there was enough for our tribe, right? Right. Uh, our secret society. And so there right. was, there was helping and sharing. <laughs> I <don't know>. oh. <laughs> I might cry <laughs> <laughs> or not. <sighs> One thing I want to touch on uh, before we let you go is your one-man show, Stop Me If I Told You This, which oh, is all about wow. finding your identity while being raised in and around Hollywood with the Mormon upbringing. And I have to say the show was excellent. Oh, you watched it? Oh, thank I did. You. Your homework. I, wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> again, I try to be thorough, but it was so very good with some uh, thank you. some really hard-hitting spots. And you really, really open yourself up to your audience in that. And I just uh, am curious uh, if you could tell the listeners, maybe us, a little bit more about it and what it was that inspired you to, uh, you know, put your life in this show. Um, I found that I was a good storyteller. I, I would mean, say at dinner, so. At, at, at a dinner party, just, you know, someone asked a question and I would see people lean in when I would talk. And, and it's just, I'm also a doer. Um, I have... Uh, a bucket list and I have completed it. You know, I am HIV positive and I turned positive back in the day when nobody lived, right? Everybody died. And so the blessing there was you got today and that's it. And I have lived, used my career. And again, I've had, I got the money. I can produce my one man show. You know, it's right. not like I have to look for a backer. I can, I can do this, but I, 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 what's the chicken and what's the egg? Would I have been that doer guy? I mean, I was a doer. I, I was a doer, but a lot of the stuff, my bucket list stuff, it was like, because you may not be here tomorrow. Right. right. And um, so doing the one man show was like, I thought I had some terrific stories. I would agree. Uh, the disappointment was that the show didn't have legs be you know real honest i we tried to we had a great sizzle reel of you know fan reactions and clips and all that and not a nibble you know we sent it out to theaters around the country and just not 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 even a no thank you so that that hurt my heart when you you have a baby like this which where you do put sure. your 
everything out there. Audiences here were great, sold out, you know, blah, 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 but it did not have legs like I had hoped because I had already worked out my 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 Tony speech for <laughs> when I got to Broadway, you know. Um, but I'm proud. I'm proud of it, and it's online. If anybody wants to check it out, stop me if I told you this is on my website, camclarkvoices.com, and I'm really proud of it. Yes, you so should thank be. you for, for for mentioning it. No problem. I'm glad it's up there for uh, people to watch. It was very entertaining and, uh, again, Thanks. very uh, hard-hitting at points. So uh, will there ever be a chance of this being done live again, or was that just... Uh, well, someone's going to have to knock at my door or go online and watch and go, hi, I run a theater in Chicago, and, you know. Right. Um, I, I'm not going to put it up there. I mean, everyone I know has seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, I encourage people to check it out because it's it's really really good. And then you know, at the top of the episode, you talk about this memoir coffee table book you're working on. Do we have a title for this? Do we have a release date? Anything like that? Well, I want it for uh, before the holidays this year. So I'm thinking like September ish, October, right in there. It's um, it's called now they're all here, which was a line that. The one line my grandma had, only line she had on any of our shows, and it was a Thanksgiving special, and my little cousin Adam uh, runs up. And uh, actually, give me one second. Sure. sure. Stop roll. Stop roll. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I have. I'm just going to read you the title. Pay, but, uh, oh, wonderful. Thank you. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't mind, oh, not please, at all. Please. Very curious to hear it. The title of this book comes from the one and only line our grandma Pearl ever had on the show. You'll hear it just after the opening number of our 1967 Thanksgiving special. In this scene, a seven-year-old Adam comes sprinting across the dusty road that leads to an old Victorian home. He scrambles up the front porch after everyone else has arrived and without breaking his stride, gives Grandma a quick peck on the cheek. Rushing past her, he disappears inside the house to begin what is sure to be a wonderful, magical Thanksgiving day. Cue Grandma. Now they're all here, she proclaims, as the sound of music swells in the background. Fifty years on. Ha! Sorry. Ha! Ha! Fifty years on. When the last of any of us arrives just about anywhere, someone announces the same, signaling the beginning of what hopes to be a delightful gathering. There are other catchphrases gathered along the way, scripted or improvised, that hold special meaning, which I'll share with you as we go. But for now, this will get you started, because now that you are here, we are indeed all here. See how I did that. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Sorry, I didn't mean to get, you know. No, no. I'm... No, I love that. Wow. Oh, I want it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So don't post this interview till like late August. Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> well, when and that does come out, we'd love to have you back on to talk about absolutely. it more, promote it and Guys, stuff. Guys, I would, I would love to. I would love to. That would and be I, fantastic. I, 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 the, comic-con circuit i just want to touch upon that what and rob begged me put a gun to my head to do my first 
convention because I didn't want to do it. Ah. It has been such a blessing to do these um, because I get to be with my old pals. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, you asked about fame and oh my God, you're I'm, I'm on the show. Da, da, da. There is a gratitude that comes when you get to be my age, but rarely do you get to revisit why you are where you are without this weird thing, Comic-Cons that are just like, whatever. You guys, people your age come up and they say, you were my childhood and you helped me get through this rough thing and, or my favorite thing was when this and da, da, da. So we're getting these accolades that because we're voiceovers, we never had a roaring crowd. There right. was no standing ovations or encores and stamping feet or whatever. So we had this double wonderful thing of getting to hang out with each other and also meet you guys. And a couple of years ago, Honda did a Christmas commercial using the original Turtles. Uh, they were putting out their, their late whatever year it was, the new model of whatever car. And they and we they hired us to use our turtle voices and they've animated or like claimated i don't know what the word is they had the real action figures that you guys had the original action okay figure. Mm -hmm. and they're they're bouncing around the car and doing cartwheels and the you know around inside the car and you know our lines are like remember when you got us for christmas and then you lost us at camp well you can get that feeling again with and we sat there in the studio and this had been, this commercial was the first time we were all in the studio together in what, 30 years, 20, wow. whatever it is, whatever it was. And we're going, the people on Madison Avenue grew up with us and they decided that what feeling could better sell our car than that Christmas morning that we got when we got our Ninja Turtle dolls or your birthday, whatever, whatever. So that's humbling. That get back to a couple of your first questions. Right. It's because we've got this after the fact opportunity for you guys who are full on grownups yeah. to, to tell us about it. Whereas if it were, if I'd had a sitcom, you know, if I'd been a generation earlier and you had a sitcom, you never talked to fans. There was no place to do so. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just been a, a real treat. Well, we're glad you came into the convention circuit and certainly glad that we get to sit here and have such an amazing conversation with Cam Clark. Thank you so much, man, for <laughs> oh, taking time thanks, to do guys this. For letting me go blah, 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 blah. I just went on for days. Maybe I am on Coke and you just don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we'll promote the uh, episode. Cam oh, yeah, Clark. we're sure might to be on Coke, might not. <laughs> we're sure to get yeah. some clicks, aren't we? <laughs> and that I will be the know. cover art of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Shrugger. <laughs> yeah, Shrugger's going to be on our show to promote his book this September. Hey, Shrugger, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Falls straight to the table. Yeah. <laughs> See, look, no Coke. Oh, we believe. No, we didn't yeah. think there was any there. We promise. But or is there? <laughs> <laughs> we will cut you loose, sir. Yep. But thank, thank you, you so, much. so much for being so generous with your time. My pleasure. Thanks for and thanks for doing your homework. Hey, no problem. It was a lot of fun. It was. I always love learning about uh, people we have on the show, and I'm excited to get you back on to talk about the book. It sounds really I, cool. 
I will be there. I Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Where are you guys coming? Where are you coming from? Where are you? Where uh, we're are in Columbus. Columbus. Oh, Columbus. Oh, so so you weren't joking around when you said we just missed you. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. we're no. serious. <laughs> no, we were looking oh at uh, going to that uh, convention, but we didn't get our press passes in time, so we didn't uh, get to go. Yeah. Oh, well... Bye. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> I didn't know. We're not putting blame yeah. on you. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I had nothing to do with that. Shut up. <laughs> Why would just because Leonardo is the leader doesn't mean he is in charge of press passes. They were like, Cam Clark said no to you guys. <laughs> we were going to say yes, yeah. but he said no. <laughs> he was wiping his nose a lot too when he did. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note That's all right on that point. note here's my i should have done my michelangelo for your podcast you Call did it. here's canned heat i mean canned air <laughs> oh i see oh, the stinger. <laughs> all right oh, bye kids bye thank, you, so thank you so much bye all right, and there it was, our conversation with Cam Clark. Hi, man, I had so much fun. That was a blast. It Definitely was had a blast. truly a blast. And really want you guys to uh, go to his website, camclark.com. I think he had said camclarkvoices.com. Uh, I think that's what he said, yeah. I'll have to look into that URL because I've been going to camclark.com. Maybe there's two different uh, websites, and I just wasn't aware of one. Hmm. But uh, I know that on camclark.com, you can check out, you can watch the full show we were talking about, Stop Me If I Told You This. And, uh, you know, you can also check out, he has albums out. We, you know, we talked about so much. We didn't yeah. even get to scratch the surface. He'll of be this. back. So we can hit the <laughs> he'll be back. Yeah. yeah, he'll be back. But albums on there, some of the music he's recorded, and uh, more credits that you may not be aware of. All kinds of stuff going on over there. So again, check out camclark.com, and that's Clark with an E, and you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at camclarkvoices. Maybe that's what he was thinking of. I don't know. Mm, that might have been, yeah. But, uh, or maybe I'm just clear wrong. I mean, I, I feel like he <laughs> would know his website better than me. I just know which one I've been going to. Right. <laughs> um, but all right, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. So, Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candairpodcast.com where you can listen, like, subscribe, follow, buy some merch, become a patron, see some YouTube videos. And if you want to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And once again, if you want to show us some support, that website Jack was just talking about, CandairPodcast.com, has a little orange button that'll take you right over to our Patreon page, where for 5 to $10 a month gets you access to a ton, ton, hours of extra content <laughs> that you've never heard or seen. And our merch tab, where you can get t-shirts, mugs, hats, stickers, etc., etc., and don't forget to find us on evergreenpodcast.com. Check us out. Check all the other shows out. Mm -hmm. And no matter how you're listening, you know, if you could just give us a rating or a review, just any feedback, you know, we'd love to hear it. It helps us out, you know. Yeah. Not not so much our sensitive spirits, but <laughs> it, it actually helps the show get exposure. So, yes, good thing to mention. And, yeah, evergreenpodcast.com. Mm -hmm. Again, I think we're probably the bestest, all-timest, greatest shows on there, right? No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> No doubt. We kid. We kid. We're not that arrogant. Not that arrogant. A lot of other good shows on there, they get way more downloads than we do. But, I am. Uh, what? That arrogant. Oh, no. okay. Well, speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Again, want to thank Cam Clark for coming on. And uh, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I am Jack Doherty. And I am Randy Hardenbrook. 
Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. It'll only make things worse. What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! All right, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. So, uh... All right, that, that, God damn it. Are we rusty? A little bit. All right, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Fuck. This has been a Canned Air production. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.